Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Raya Jr. We have the distinct pleasure of having the new CEO of the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority, also known as the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. And that is Shadi Moore. I was just talking to her before we went on the air about the fact she was one of the people that lobbied on, for House Bill 1918, sponsored by Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos, that returned the SDI building to the Black community. And Sade was one of the people who were down there lobbying for that legislation that did pass unanimously, we must admit. So uh, now that you're in the seat, you lobbied for the legislation, you had no idea you would end up being the CEO. I know that. But anyway, we're glad you're here because, uh, uh, you know, me being an OG, an old guy, not an old gangster, but an old guy, it's good to see uh, younger leaders like yourself step up to the plate. And uh, you have all the skills in the world. You've uh, worked in the technology industry. You chair the Seattle Martin Luther King uh, uh, Jr. Organizing Coalition, and you've done other things in the community. So you're well known for your leadership skills, and hopefully that can also transfer to the McKinney Center to make sure the opportunities that they can provide will deliver. And I know I have faith in you doing that, and I got you back all the way. So why don't you just give us a little bit about your background, Sade, for the people that don't know you. Yeah, no. So real quick, I want to take it all the way back. You know, when we went down to um, the Capitol, that was three and a half, four years ago, right? That was leading up to the selection of the governing body of, of the board of directors uh, for the CDCPDA. Um, and I wouldn't have known about any of that if it wasn't for you or Hayward Evans. So hats off to you. Thank you for introducing me into this environment and immersing me back into the facility um that's how it started right and for the last three years three and a half years um you know i i've been uh an active executive board member um you know really working to figure out how did we get here right how did the facility turn to be what it was um and how can we you know envision you know what it will become uh as a collective as a community and it's it's been very rewarding um, I've enjoyed my time as an executive board member, obviously, as of the 1st of August, I am no longer an executive board member, but still a board member nonetheless, um, and appreciate just the opportunity, uh, and the relationships that I've created with our board of directors, uh, a plethora of, of esteemed community members, uh, that have helped behind the scenes. This, this is the second job. It was a second job as a board member. And for the last couple of months, I've been doing a lot of active work. Uh, you know, in the center, but kind of getting back to your question, um, you know, you, you talked about MLK, uh, you know, I do mentorship, um, you know, I served on a couple other boards uh, within nonprofits for the community that I'm extremely excited about, um, you know, my work with Amazon uh, as a program manager, uh, also serving uh, as the president of uh, the Black Employee Network for our, the Western Washington campus, and so many other things. Um, you know, it. I, I think about how my life was about 10 years ago um, and, and kind of leading into the work that I started doing with MLK and how that's magnified. Right. It's it's just it's it's grown over time. Um, the McKinney Center. Like you said, I, I didn't know that I was going to, you know, get this position, um, you know, the um, the recruiting started in 2022 um around june um and it took a while right just to ensure that you know the board 
you know, got, you know, the, uh, the, the job description um, and, and the task and kind of, you know, what they wanted this position to be out to the community. Um, and I, you know, I, I thought about it uh, and I was a member of the selection committee for the CEO role. And then I prayed on it and I said, you know what, I'm going to put my name in the hat, right? Uh, as a young leader, um, you know, we we often talk about ensuring that, you know, um, the voices of the youth, right, uh, are, are magnified and are brought to the front and we're, and those that have come before us are passing the mantle. Um, and I really feel like that was done here, right? Um, a year, it's been a year since, you know, the, the recruiting kicked off. Um, I didn't know what was going to come from it. Um, I prayed on it. Um, you know, it was brought back to my attention um, again, early this year, you know, would you still be interested? I said, of course. And even if I didn't get selected, guess what? I'm still going to serve on the board and I'm still going to volunteer and I'm still going to put in my time. Um, you know, I, I, I was, uh, running up against some, you know, very, uh, amazing, uh, individuals and professionals, uh, in the community. Um, you know, and I, I, again, everybody brought something different, you know, to their pitch, to the final interview, um, and again, I just, by the grace of God and prepping for that interview, um, you know, I got the call back uh, very quick, um, which was amazing. Um, and it, it blew my mind because it was something that as a young girl, I've always dreamed of, right? As a doctoral candidate, finishing my degree, I've always dreamed of. And I said, this isn't God. I don't know what is. This is in line with everything I've been doing. So it's coming into full fold. As you just mentioned, why don't you share a little bit about your educational background? You mentioned that you're a doctoral candidate and let our listeners know exactly about your academic qualifications. Yeah. So uh, I am a graduate of Decatur High School in Federal Way, uh, class of 2008. Um, I went and spent four years at the University of Phoenix, uh, and I have a undergraduate degree, a bachelor's of science in human services. Uh, so I always knew that I was going to work with people and I wanted to work with community and I wanted to work with our young people. I always knew that. Um, I did some uh, work study um, uh, requirements uh, at Champion Center in Tacoma um, and then at back at Decatur High School. So I came back to my alma mater uh, and helped serve uh, some of our underserved uh, students, which was amazing. Um, I st stayed two additional years at the University of Phoenix, and I received a master's uh, in business administration, um, and then went from there to Sydney University of Seattle, uh, where I've been the last few years, um, at, in between a part-time and full-time student. Um, but it's just great to know, again, that um, I'm at the finish line. So uh, I have about six more months to go. Um, if that, uh, we'll be graduating next summer in 2014. Um, and again, just looking forward to it. And that doctoral degree, again, is a doctorate of education with a focus in organizational leadership. You mean 2024, not 2014. Yes, 2024. <laughs> See, them fours, okay. them twos, right. <laughs> I'm you. taking it all the way back. <laughs> Why don't we talk uh, now about, you know, uh, I have to say that uh, the, uh, the Seattle Community College District let the building go to hell. I just have to tell the truth. Well, that is the truth. I'm and, listen. Uh, and, that is the uh, truth. They 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 will recommend tearing the building down, but the building meant a lot to people in the black community because had it not been for the late Reverend Dr. Sammy Berry McKinney, that building yeah. would have never been there. Uh, who had the Seattle Opportunities Industrialization Center when there was a commitment to training African descendants of the United States enslaved to go into the middle class with the kind of skills they needed. Uh what kind of uh uh, where, what is what is the condition of the building right now? And then I want you to talk briefly about the suggested programs. I, I tell you already, I've turned uh, Gerald Pleasant, 
on, he's working with uh, 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 Goodwill in five different counties. And I had him call Gerald Pleasant already because they got some money and some programs. But what, what do you have? First of all, is the building going to be ready to go? And then what kind of programs do you have already? So we're looking at about a year or two years out. Uh, we're again back into our infancy. Uh, we're doing some pre-construction work right now. Uh, we're doing some cleaning. Um, thank God they didn't tear that building down, right? Um, and that's like you said, that's what they wanted to do, but they didn't get their way. Um, you know, I remember walking in and the building was an absolute mess. And, you know, just keeping it very, you know, out in the open. I mean, there was fruit flies and gnats, I mean, and so much. And, you know, community members came in and, and said, how can I lend some support? And we really just started doing some some cleaning, just a, a trash out, right? Uh, there is still a lot of trash out, a huge trash out that we need to do that we're working on scheduling now. Um, we're working on painting. Um, we're getting ready to put in a fence line. Um, we're working on doing a, a redoing the floors, uh, waxing and stripping the flooring, the entryways. Um, we have the Filipino Community Center. I'm gonna give them a big shout out. Um, they came in about, I think, three weeks, a month ago. Um, the building didn't have any live network, any internet in the facility for over three and a half years. And their team um, of students, of scholars came in and within an hour, they were able to turn the internet on. So the building has internet on every floor. Um, you know, we've been working with so many small businesses, community members, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, um, uh, community leaders, uh, just to find out how they can serve um, and help us, you know, bridge or build back up this facility. Um, again, like I said, we're, we're very much in our infancy. Um, you know, we're redoing the networking infrastructure uh, right now on floors one and two, um, and they're working, the FCS uh, Filipino Community Center is working on floors three through six. Um, you know, we've started to bridge some other partnerships of, uh, you know, some uh, potential organizations um, and businesses coming in. So again, how can we help serve? How can we help, you know, you all uh, build this community or build this facility back up? So that's been happening as of late as well. Um, we have been working very hard on our business task force strategy. Um, two weeks ago, we had a community business task force meeting, uh, which we had staff members, board members, and a few community members come in um, and really discuss what they wanted to see. We've been hearing from community. We've taken, um, you know, a multitude of surveys, even from those that, you know, have decided they wanted to rent space in the facility, just temporarily have given some input. Uh, we have several um, ideas in the pipeline now from every floor to, um, you know, every facet of the facility in the corners, uh, you know, from um, daycare or early uh, learning childhood development center, um, you know, to, uh, um, you know, bringing in, you know, Black Business Accelerator and Small Business uh, uh, Incubator to uh, really support, you know, the growing uh, need in the community for more services that are for us uh, by us. Uh, well, we're gonna so, have to have you back, um, yeah. CEO. Yeah, I got a guest that's waiting. Was one of the pastors that uh, was a supporter uh, of uh, uh, the, the center. And as you know, we had a lot of the clergy going down. We had a lot yes. of people going down. And once again, I told you you didn't need no appointments. You just have to have some gumption to grab people and let them know what your story is. So thank you very much. Well, thank uh, you, CEO and I appreciate Scott it. And, and I'll be back. Okay, definitely. We want to have, a, a, if you want to do a monthly one, do an update, that'll be great as well. So you just let me know. 
Awesome. Okay, thank, thank you, Shade Moore, Madam CEO of the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. And she's not real old. She's a young one. Uh, my next guest is uh, Reverend Dr. Carrie Anderson, pa pastor of the Seattle's First AME Church, also one of those advocates for that building being returned to the community. And he's doing some other wonderful things. And I think we'll also be joined by uh, uh, Reverend Steve Baber, who emphasizes he is now retired. But uh, uh, Pastor Kerry Anderson uh, is uh, involved and on the committee. Uh, it's not going to be a celebration of the 60th anniversary of the 1960, August 28, 1963 March on Washington, D.C. for Jobs and Freedom. It's going to be like a more rededication to get busy to fight for our rights. So uh, uh, Pastor Kerry Anderson, welcome to Urban Forum once again, and thank you for all the work you do in the community. That's why MLKCC dropped an award on you, because we appreciate the work and your leadership in the community. So I'd just like to have you share with our listeners a little bit about the situation we're in now. We got the 60th anniversary of the August 28, 1963 March on Washington, D.C. for Jobs and Freedom that got us our civil rights of 1964 and our voting rights of 1965, and the Clarence Thomas and the Supreme Court has been busy trying to uh, get rid of all the gains we made. So I'd just like to have you comment on that, sir. We certainly appreciate your time today. Well, let me say to our radio listening audience uh, how excited we are to be in your space today. Uh, we cannot say enough about Brother Eddie Rye and the work that he has done, the people that he has galvanized to uh, promote social and political change in this community, as well as on a statewide and national basis, really. So we salute you. We applaud you. Thank you for having me on. You know, I really enjoy being on your uh, program at any time you call. Uh, we're in a pivotal time right now. 2023 does mark the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. And we just really want to make this 60th anniversary a call to a recommitment to the struggle. We've made some major strides since the March on Washington, but we still have more strides to do. Uh, one of the things that really captivated me, I was about four or five years old in 1963. And, uh, you know, it was just so important to to see over 250,000 people coming together in Washington, D.C., uh, different colors, different organizations. We had labor. We had um, community-based organizations. We also had um, the faith-based community all coming together uh, to uh, really uh, – speak with one voice. And this is what we must do, Brother Rye, right now, speak with one voice. When we look at the march in its totality, we had various people who put aside their differences, right? The NAACP, the SCLC, both of them monumental groups, but they had differences too. But they were able to put aside, lay aside, and bury their philosophical differences to come together to speak with one voice in the March on Washington. This is what we must do today. When we look at A. Philip Randolph and Bayard Rustin, who are the progenitors, really, they the organizers of the march, 
you know, it represented not only labor, but Bayard Rustin was a gay. And so when we talk about when we talk about civil rights, when we talk about social justice, it includes everybody. And this is what we must recommit ourselves to do, to help the downtrodden, to help those living on the margins, to help those and assist those who are on the fringes uh, of society, to bring together one voice to really create a powerful movement. So I'm excited to be a part of this celebration marking the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington. Thank you for having me on the program. Oh, absolutely, uh, Pastor Anderson. Uh, one of the things since uh, uh, the 28th falls on a Monday, uh, I know Reverend Dr. Linda Smith, uh, the pastor at Martin Luther King um, yes. Memorial Baptist Church in, in Renton has also uh, organized and uh, had a Zoom call this past Monday with several members of the clergy and others. And uh, uh they're going to have an event on going which is going to be on Friday, uh, a preach-in at, at her church. And Saturday, uh, there is a youth or- event being organized, which will also expose young people to apprenticeship programs, uh, also to uh, uh, opportunities with uh, technology. We have some young people who are uh, engaged in technology, and we're also calling on uh, the young professionals of, of the Seattle uh, Urban League to be present as role models for these folks. And if I have any luck, I might get a Seahawk or two to come there as well to emphasize how important it is for folks to get some training. And uh, we also have to talk about this uh, gun violence that's ravaging our neighborhoods and our communities all across the country. Because I know a lot of the neo-Nazis and Proud Boys say we don't have to worry about them. We'll just put some guns in their neighborhood and they'll take care of each other, which is a sad state of affairs. But uh, we've also been joined by uh, Reverend Steve Baber, retired. Reverend Baber, are you there, sir? Can you hear me? I can now. Go right ahead. We got Pastor Kerry Anderson on right now, and you can see him as well. So go hey, right Kerry, Hello, Dr. Anderson. God bless yes. you, my friend. So he just gave a spill on the importance of uh, us uh, not just uh, celebrating the 60th anniversary, but rededicating ourselves to the struggle. And uh, you had some very powerful words on the Zoom call on Tuesday, and I'd like to have you share those words with our listening audience. Well, again, I want to echo again what what, um, Dr. Anderson said about you and all the work you've done over the years. And and thank you for everything that you've done for our community. And so many people have benefited, Eddie. And, um, you know, God bless you for, for, for that hard work. It's not going to stop. I mean, it's 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 a marathon. Um, what we're dealing with these people, and I look at it that it's a dream. Everybody seems to focus on Dr. King and a dream. And I, I, I you know, Reverend Jackson talked about it that when you really look at what Dr. King was about, they muted, they neutered him, because as I said the other day, I said, you know that. Uh, Time Magazine and Look, and some of them did a survey of him back in 1968, and 75% of America considered him the most hated man in the country. I said, uh, now he's this most beloved character who's no threat to them, because they said, well, let's just focus on the dream. And, and, and so what we're talking about is it's a dream unfinished, and so it needs to be a commemoration, but also a continuation that we, we can't stop because part of this, um, you know, 
this Southern strategy, as some have called it. I can't remember the name of the president of Virginia University, the, the very university where they had to march with the Kiki torches and all of that. You know, that university, that president, and Brown versus education, he set up a think tank to say, I don't want my children and black children and brown children in the same school. I don't want unions. And so they began to put together a, a process that we're seeing, sadly, the, the, the fruits of today. You know, they, they wanted to do away with unions. They wanted to uh, eliminate them. They wanted to suppress voting. They wanted to privatize education. They wanted to privatize medical care. They wanted to make sure that only those whom they decided would get the fruits and benefits of this country. And, and, and so the church fought that. And it, 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 it really beat that back because it took a higher ground. And so the church again, and Dr. King came out of the church, it has to go beyond its walls and begin again to disturb people, to disturb our society, to disturb our culture, to agitate. I mean, we've all heard the saying, as my grandmother used to say, because, you know, she said, son, you, you, the clothes don't get clean unless there's an agitator in, in that washing machine. She said, so you may not you think, you know, people are not happy with you and what you're saying, what you're doing, but you have to do that. And, you know, you, you get people that want to criticize what we do, those that want to agitate and those that say things have to get better. I'm willing to work and dedicate and sacrifice to make them better. And, and, and to some degree, and this is, a, I'm touchy on this, you know, the, the, the church is, I don't want to say, the church has had some challenges. I'll put it that way. COVID shut down our society for almost three years. But the church has to emerge again and be that voice. Um, um, it, 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 it has to be that voice that calls, that clarion for Frederick call to say, we're going to get better, we're going to do better. And that was some of, you know, not some of, but that was what Dr. King did. He, he wasn't just a preacher. He was a community, a national uh, irritator that went around the world talking about righteousness and justice. And, and they were fruits of what Dr. King did in other countries. I said, if you go visit some other countries and talk to the people about freedom and, and, and democracy, they'll tell you those that are black, those that are people of color, Dr. King and what he did inspired them in their country. And, and so we, we, we've kind of lost that and that's intentional. And so these people that attack the Capitol, these insurrectionists, these traitors, I said, they are part of that plan. And it, it is part of the, that plan that continues to want to take away our voting rights. This ain't just from last week, last month or last year. This stuff has been in works for over 60 to 70 years. And they are looking at the fruits of their efforts to turn us back. And that's why we and the church and others have to begin to be that voice that discomforts and disturbs people to say, it's not gonna happen. And, and you gotta march, you know, you gotta get out there and march and then, you know, unite that march and agitation with a plan that goes back, you know, the loss of affirmative action, the gutting of the vote, voting right plan, um, the reducing of unions, 
All of these were things that Dr. King spoke about at Washington, D.C., and we haven't gotten better. You know, it seemed like we were going forward, but them little nephews and nieces of, of, of um, Jim Crow, uh, they didn't stop. You know, they, they don't want to call you that name most of the time, but they will if they have to, if they get a chance periodically. But we are living with the results of all of that negativism today. That's the fruit. That's the harvest that they want. And that harvest is bitter and it's fatal to our family and community. So, again, thank you, Eddie, for uh, putting this information out. And, uh, yeah, it, it can't be just a com- it needs to be not a commemoration, but a continuation of what Dr. King Nam held as the vision and hopes for their children and for the children that would come after them. You know, Brother Rye, if I could just jump in, Dr. Baber has shared some wonderful insights. And one of the promising things that I just wanted to share uh, in light of what Dr. Baber has shared with us is that I'm looking forward to this march in that we can mirror some of the things that happened in 1963. For example, the bringing together of different groups, laying aside their differences to speak with one voice is very, very enlightening and promising. This is what we need to do right now to really forge a national voice uh, towards jobs, and freedom, and let me throw in the word justice by implication and parentheses. Now, one of the things that we have to be very clear about, when, when you look at the struggle of the civil rights movement and the journey of the civil rights movement, beginning with uh, Dr. King's work in the Montgomery bus boycott, uh, his, in his work entitled Strides Toward Freedom, He and uh, his group went to the different segments of the Black community to get them online, to get them on board so that we can speak with one voice. This is what we are going to have to do. We're going to have to penetrate other communities that are facing oppression, facing discrimination, facing systemic, systemic uh, uh, efforts to keep their voices nullified and void. We got to do that today, even now. And I'm sure that Dr. Baber would agree with me that it's going to take more than just the Black church. It's going to take the church. It's going to take more than just labor. It's going to have to take on all of labor. It's going to be more than just the Democratic Party or the independents or the Republic. It's going to take all of us that are concerned about justice for everybody, freedom for everybody, and civil rights for everybody. Look, I'm going to have both of y'all back, but uh, for today, we're out of time because the Ah. message is very inspirational. Uh, Ah. Both of y'all back, because we're going to have the march on Sunday at 3 o'clock. That's going to be on the 27th. Uh, Reverend Baber? Yeah, real quick, uh, and and Martin Luther King Baptist Church on that Friday night at 7 o'clock, there's going to be a program there with pastors, and Dr. Smith and Carl and others are working on it. We're trying to um, get some speakers from a national presence, um, the Poor People's Campaign, Dr. Barber. Um, we're looking at some members from the King family. So we're looking to do something 7 p.m. Friday night, at you know, 
And like we're saying, it's called Dream Unfinished, not a commemoration, but a continuation. So I, like I want to thank you, Eddie, for allowing us to have this time to share that. Thank okay. you, my brother. Thank We're going to have more time than this because y'all are bringing the truth and people need to hear it. So thank you very much. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back with Hayward Evans, co-convener of MLKCC, and Clyde Burpick, one of the labor leaders of Martin Luther King Jr. County. All right, so let's take the break, Eric, and come back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. All right, Eddie Ryan back at Urban Forum Northwest with my next guest, but I want to give a shout out to SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. Uh, they have uh, the Africa Lounge and Mountain Room Bar and Concourse A at SeaTac, the Port of Seattle Diversity Contracting Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, and also want to let everybody know that Miss Seafair 2023 is a young sister by the name of Savannah Parker. You can read about her on the front page of the medium along with the president of uh, uh, the Congressional Black Caucus. And also Emoja Fest is going to be happening this weekend at Jenkins Park. They got some world-class entertainment happening there. My next guests are Hayward Evans, co-convener of the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, and Claude Burfecht, former first VP of the Seattle branch of the NAACP, and also a labor leader in King County. And uh, Mr. Burfecht also participated, was on the grounds August 28, 1963. So we want to go to him first to share some experience about that march uh, 60 years ago this uh, next Monday. The, Monday the 28th, I should say. Hello, Eddie. Thank you for having me on your radio show. Uh, we talked about back in 1963, August 28th. Uh, myself, my pastor, Reverend Joseph Vaughn of uh, St. Mark's Missionary Baptist Church. My uncle, Percy Murphy Griffin of St. John Baptist Church out of Plaquemine Parish. They got together to make this journey and to Washington, D.C. for the March on Washington and what we did actually was to 
travel via a yellow bus that uh, Pastor Reverend Vaughn had at his church. We joined it from New Orleans, Louisiana to Washington, D.C. And some of the obstacles we had to go through to get from New Orleans to Washington, D.C. And at that time, I didn't realize what a green book was, but a green book was like our savior to make that journey because we had to know what gas station, what restaurants that we could eat at, uh, what motels that we could sleep at. Uh, this was like an education uh, for the group that left, and it was roughly 10 of us, including that's included Reverend Vaughn and uh, Reverend Griffin. Um, it was a journey I will never forget because there was so much racism going on in the South during that time. And you had to know exactly what you were doing. And we couldn't travel at nighttime during that time because of what it was like for Black folks in these country areas, on these country roads, traveling. And if you broke down, God knows what might have happened. So we had to be extremely careful in making that journey. Now, once we got to Washington, D.C., it was one of the most glorious events I had ever participated or been uh, uh, a part of. And uh, seeing the people, and they said there was roughly 250,000. I'm, I'm more than sure there was more than 300,000 people that um, was at the Lincoln Memorial. I had the honor of meeting A. Philip Randolph. I had the honor of meeting the president at that time of the uh, NAACP, Roy Wilkins. As a matter of fact, Roy Wilkins had visited Dillard University in New Orleans prior to that. And uh, I was so inspired by him, uh, I um, decided to join the NAACP back in 1957. Um, I had the honor of meeting Coleman Young, Walter Reuter. I had the honor, and prior to uh, uh, meeting John Lewis there, John Lewis and I, and, you know, John Lewis was just another guy like any one of us, but we participated in the Freedom Ride back in those days, and John Lewis was a member of, as well as myself, of Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. But at that time, I didn't know John Lewis was going to become uh, a congressman uh, during that, you know, during that time. We were just basically associates. So that event was one of the most phenomenal events I had ever participated in. And uh, uh, memories. Yeah, well, um, thank you for that memory, uh, Claude. We got a few minutes left. And Hayward is going to be on almost every week anyway. But uh, Hayward, where we stand right now in terms of uh, the events, we will have a Zoom meeting on Tuesday with uh, the committee members. And why don't you just briefly talk about what is being planned, what's being proposed uh, right quick? 
those sundown laws were very real. And that's some scary stuff when you think about it, having to travel from New Orleans to Washington, D.C. But from an event perspective, uh, the committee voted that we have three events because this is the 60th anniversary march on Washington. This is truly monumental. On Saturday, uh, August, we got to we got to start with Friday. There's oh, on Friday, the minister Friday, Martin King Jr. Memorial Baptist Church. So that that's yeah, we all connected. Go on, ahead. On, on Fridays, the Baptist churches with with uh, Reverend Smith. On Saturday, the Opportunity Fair, and I'm going to give a shout out to uh, uh, Tana Yasu for for taking the lead on that. We have a lot of businesses that are going to be there. Uh, Louis Rudd of Ezel's Chicken said he was going to be there and do an opportunity or uh, an entrepreneurial workshop. So anybody wants to set up a business, this is a good time to talk to somebody extremely successful. But that's going to be on Saturday and also a panel discussion where the young people can share their concerns and also their ideas for solutions. So that we, like me, the older adult, can get behind them and support what they're doing. Time to, you know, Time to, they can stand on our shoulders for so long, but now it's time for them to take the lead. On Sunday, a marching rally. This is a symbolic marching rally. Uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson sort of alluded to it, where we try to get all the various communities out. And we uh, meet at uh, African American Museum, NAM, at 3 o'clock, and we march down to the Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Memorial Park. It's only... 0.6 miles away, a little over a half mile away. And then we have a rally regarding social justice. What's going on? They have all the communities out there. What uh, Reverend Baber, Reverend Dr. Baber alluded to, it's time that we get busy. You can't be just sitting on your behind. And even uh, even Barack Obama said, look, if, if, you, if you're complacent, then you're against what we're trying to do and the movement. And then finally, on Monday, there'll be a panel discussion, elected officials, so we can hold them accountable as well as community leaders to talk about issues, solution based, and then um, and then an open Q and A. Community, come and talk to your elected officials, talk to your, the community leaders, and say exactly what you see as the problem and exactly where we want to go. All right. So, uh, Claude, uh, yeah, I, you know, I want everybody to know that this uh, couple of hours after this program, Eric will have it up uh, on. Uh, Alexa and my podcast. So uh, this program, uh, it will be available 24-7. And I'm going to make sure I promote that because uh, I got all your pictures on Facebook. I'll make sure that once that's posted, people can hear this because a lot of wisdom has been dispensed in the clouds, uh, you know, to have to hear about the journey to get to Washington, D.C. Because I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. I was 10 years old. My father moved here. And I met A. Philip Randolph in 1955. My father was uh, one of the Northwest organizers for the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. So uh, we have a lot in common there. And also, uh, Gabriel Prawl will be on next week from the API's National Conference in, in uh, Reno, Nevada, because uh, they like A. Philip Randolph, the clergy, uh, the Urban League, Whitney Young was there, Roy Wilkins from the NAACP, as Claude alluded to. So anyway, uh, we'll be talking to y'all next week. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back with uh, the, the, the New Beginnings Christian Fellowship crowd. So thank you all very much. And uh, Claude, everybody needs to hear that that journey. Yeah, yeah that's, very, uh, that's very impressive. That's the way it was, because uh, I know I went to West Seattle, uh, West Freeport Colored Elementary School, and I was born in Charity Hospital on the colored side. 
And I know I had to get off the sidewalk when a white man came down. So I know exactly what you're saying. So thank you all very much. Eric, let's take this last break. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eddie, right back at Urban Forum Northwest. My guests have laid out something fantastic. Uh, make sure you share this information with your friends. They can pick this up on Alexa a little later on today because uh, the, the wisdom that's been dispensed and the travel of uh, to get to the 63 March on Washington has been there. But I just had a shout out. One of my uh, son's friends uh, from St. Therese, we used to call it St. Leroy's, because all black Catholic through an all-white neighborhood. But Robert Wheeler Sr. has passed away and his uh, celebration of life will be on uh, Sunday, August 6th at Seward Park Shelter 5 from 1 to 2.30, and then a repast at 3 p.m. Uh, I've been joined by uh, Dennis Dedman Jr., who is a doctoral candidate, one of the brightest guys and people at New Beginnings Christian Fellowship. And uh, they have a will be honoring uh, the musicians uh, at uh, New Beginnings Christian Fellowship uh, this Saturday. So, uh, Leader Dennis, are you there with us? I am. How are you all? Uh, just fine, sir. Why don't you share with our listeners uh, what will be going on? And you and CW, also known as Clarence Williams, will be the host. And uh, there will also be some special entertainment. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the purpose of the event after you let people know who you are with that 509 area code? Awesome. Thanks so much. I am Dennis Denman. Uh, so glad to be on today. Um, again, uh, I have a 509 area code. Uh, my first job was in eastern Washington, and then I did I could not make it there, so I made it on over to the 206. Um, I currently serve at New Beginnings as a young adult uh, leader, young adult uh, and youth leader at New Beginnings. Um, and so again, uh, just helping uh, be a role model to our youth of the church, but also help uh, make sure our young adults and our young, young professionals 
uh, have a space at the church. Um, in addition to all those things, I work at the community colleges, uh, just doing all of the things they ask me to do and more. And again, I'm also a struggling doctoral student. So I do all the things. Um, but again, this weekend of all the things I get to do, I have the pleasure of uh, showing some love. It's 18 years um, at New Beginnings. Um, we celebrate our church anniversary this weekend. But on Saturday night uh, before Sunday, uh, we're doing a show some love to our musicians. Uh, these are musicians who have been with the church since the very beginning of New Beginnings. Um, and so again, uh, that is very much a, a historic moment for folks. Um, not every church can say that they've had their original four set of musicians uh, throughout all of these years and a pandemic. Um, so this year, we wanted to turn the spotlight on them um, and celebrate, honor, and show some love to these hardworking musicians of our church. So would you uh, let people know who the musicians are, sir? Yes, uh, we have uh, Nathaniel Patterson, Dotsie Isom, uh, Ron and Tom, um, and they, they round out our wonderful, uh, our four original musicians of the church. That's so, McNeil and McElroy, right? Yes, Tom, McNeil and McElroy. Yes, I always switch the last name, so I got nervous, <laughs> but thank you. No problem. So uh, tell us a little bit about what people can expect uh, on Saturday at what time? Totally. Uh, Saturday, this Saturday, the what day is it? What um six? Yeah. yeah. This Saturday, uh, it's a banquet style. So we turn our sanctuary, our main sanctuary into a banquet hall. So round tables galore. Uh, we asking all of our church members, community members, folks from the music uh, scene in Seattle to come out and celebrate our guys. Uh, we have some performances um, by some local uh, uh, Seattle Tacoma greatness. Uh, everything from uh, spoken word um, to, again, some great songs by the wonderful, awesome Joseph how, um, as well as some uh, performances and tributes to each of our musicians. Um, and again, I get the pleasure of hosting this with good old Deacon Clarence Williams. Um, so we're going to have a great time, have some hilarious uh, things to highlight. We know how to do nothing else. We know how to make folks laugh. Uh, but again, uh, make folks laugh, make sure they have a good time. But again, showing some love to our four musicians. And that's going to be on August 5th. Saturday is the 5th. I gave you the wrong yes, day. Yes, Saturday, Saturday August, August 5th. Now, we were to be joined by uh, Reverend Dr. Leslie D. Braxton. I know today is the First Lady's birthday, and he's probably doing something special. I don't know what happened to my friend C.W., Deacon Clarence Williams. Yeah, no, they know who to call <laughs> to get yeah, on okay. time. Right. So, yes, timeliness. Yeah, is, well, I just wanted, is, wanted to make sure that uh, that important information got out. Uh, uh, also, uh, we are hoping that we get get quite a turnout from New Beginnings for the uh, August uh, August twenty eighth event. There are several events before then, uh, and if you I don't know if you how much of the program you heard, but you can hear it a little later. We're definitely encouraging, uh, like Reverend Steve, Doctor Steve Baber, still on. He's retired. He's still busy, but he never he was busy before he even started working. <laughs> That's just in his nature, fighting for freedom and justice and equality for his people. And that's why we appreciate him so much. So uh, in terms of uh, layout, uh, what the uh, evening will look like, uh, since you're going to be on the stage running things, uh, it's going to some banquet. Uh, how can people get tickets? And why don't you share that information with us? 
Totally great, uh, great segue. We can get tickets off of the New Beginnings website at thembcf.org, um, and it'll take you to the landing page, which is Ticket Leave. Um, tickets are $25 for adults, $15 for children. Again, uh, we know it's a very busy weekend in the wonderful city of Seattle and Tacoma, but definitely uh, marking your calendars for this six o'clock event. Um, again, like I said, uh, we'll uh, have tributes from family, community members, uh, performances. Um, again, there will be food. Food will be served. Uh, barbecue buffet, if you didn't know. Um, so again, we have good laughs and we have great food at most of our events here at the church. Um, so again, uh, buffet, dinner will be served, uh, tributes will start, uh, performances will happen, and then even the uh, wonderful four horsemen, as we also call them, our musicians, they'll have a special medley towards the end of the night that they've been practicing and preparing for. So it's going to be a great night. We'll get you in and we'll get you out because we got to get ready for church the next uh, uh, day, uh, which is our 18th church anniversary. So we're excited. It's a birthday party. And I'd also, sir, uh, as, as a younger member of the community, uh, I'd like to have you your impressions about uh, the 60th anniversary of the uh, anniversary of the August 28, 1963 March on Washington, D.C., where the next year we got our Civil Rights Act of 64 and the following year the Voting Rights Act of 65. And as you know, there is a posse out there now trying to deny us our rights. And uh, during the civil rights struggle back in, in Alabama and places, uh, the parents couldn't get arrested, but they had high school, college, and middle school kids going to jail. As a matter of fact, Bull Connor said, uh, the jail is full, take them to the, the fairgrounds. So I was just trying to figure out, uh, is this something that's motivating the younger crowd, seeing what the Supreme Court is doing? Uh, first of all, the uh, affirmative action attack on education. We know contracting and everything else that might benefit Black folks is coming next. So I'd like to have your impressions about that. Yeah, this is great. Uh, current events, uh, they they shape our world. I think young folks, um, again, are, are definitely um, in tune with what's going on. Um, and sometimes it feels disheartening. But again, when we talk to our, fa our family, our community members, elders, they're like, well, we've kind of been here before. We've seen this episode. Uh, we've seen this uh, season, actually. So again, uh, when we talk about voting and getting out to, to go vote and trying to be educated and informed, um, now more than ever, is that really important? important. Um, I think King County just had their, you know, primary elections and a lot of young folks definitely went out to vote um, because we know that every election matters. Um, that don't it don't wait on just the presidential ones or those big, big ones uh, from city to local uh, to county. You want to get out and vote. And so, again, a lot of young people know these dates. They make sure they're out in the polls. We know how to mail in that ballot. Uh, we know how to go and get our friends and make sure that they've at least filled it out. We'll drop it in the box for them. Um, so, again, I think you lots of folks are just uh, mobilizing, organizing, because again, uh, these are our rights and we've worked hard for them and we don't want them to be dismantled. So um, definitely just trying to encourage young people, young professionals um, to educate yourself, uh, rely on reliable news, and then definitely take part um, in voting, take part in your community, go to those city council meetings, at least read the minutes so you know what's going on. And so um, because of technology, we have a lot more access to minutes. I don't have to physically get to your radio station, I can zoom right in and you can do the same um, again, city council meetings, uh, board meetings, association meetings, um, technology, we know how to use it. So we think we're leveraging it. Well, uh, sir, I want to invite you on. Uh, uh, we have like uh, several events that on August will just commemorate the 60th anniversary 
of the August 28, 1963 March on Washington, D.C. for Jobs and Freedom. On the 25th at the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Baptist Church, there will be a gathering of pastors that will be uh, uh, talking there. And we're encouraging people to also participate and attend that. But I have a special for you on August, Saturday the 26th, it's mm -hmm. going to be a youth forum at the Northwest African American Museum. And yeah. we would like to have uh, have you uh, play a leadership role in that. And I'll get with you again. I want to say hi to Clarence Williams because we're almost out of time. All right, Clarence Williams, uh, you're mute, muted, but we got about two minutes. So I want to make sure you said something before we go. Clarence, you're muted. We can't hear you. There you go. You're muted, brother. So sorry for being late. It's one been one of those busy days, but uh, I know we have some very able persons on there, like Mister uh, Dennis Dedman. But a question for me, I'm ready to answer it. <laughs> well, not me. He covered everything. I just want to make sure you were on, and uh, you've been at the church since the inception. So I know that you have a very close relationship, Deacon Clarence Williams, with uh, the honorees on Saturday. So uh, you just give a shout out to them in two minutes. We appreciate it. And then we'll see you Saturday. We'll also be looking for the retired black firefighters, the current black firefighters, to get involved with the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington. Go right ahead, sir. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've known all four of these gentlemen who are we are honoring uh, on Saturday night. And man, do I have some quick quips for them. It's going to be an honoring, but it's also going to be some uh, so, some good humor, you know. Uh, we're gonna make sure that they're able to laugh while they eat their food, and hopefully they don't choke. And uh, but uh, they they've done a great job, and they are to be commended first of all for being in one place for 18 years to providing the service and the quality of services that they have provided over these years. We've been helping with that. And as it relates to the second part of your question, uh, the retired Black Firefighters Association will be actively involved in setting up the Martin Luther King uh, day that uh, that you have coming we'll up. make sure you guys on the Tuesday Zoom call, but I got to go. I want to thank y'all. Clarence, you're going to come back to talk about the 60th anniversary in a week or two. So thank okay. y'all very much. We appreciate you. And All I right. want to shout out to the SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, Rod and Jerry, two retired Iraq veterans, both military officers. Uh, they own the African Lounge Mountain Room Bar on Concourse A at SeaTac. The Port of Seattle's uh, Diversity Contracting Office, headed by me and Rice, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, and also uh, look at the front page of the medium and see the new Seafair Queen for 2023, Miss Savannah Parker, young sister. And then also Umoja Fest is going on at Jenkins Park uh, on the 5th and the 6th. So check that out if you're looking for something to do. And I want to thank... Uh, Pastor Kerry Anderson, Steve Baber, uh, Haywood Evans, Claude uh, Burpick, uh, Dennis Dedman uh, Jr., and Clarence Williams for their contributions today. And uh, thank you very much, Eric, and we'll see you again next week. Don't forget you can get this on Alexa in a couple hours.